up world pass first point guard and blazer beat writer mike richmond you listen to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week, Thursday evening, after the Blazers play the Phoenix Suns to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the Blazers' big win over the Utah Jazz, a crucial, crucial win for the Blazers' uh, push towards the playoffs. We're going to revisit the playoff standings. There's more to talk about, and somehow Wesley Matthews was yet again involved in some bad luck for the Blazers. And then I want to close the show talking about the Blazers' recent play and whether that's sort of changed my outlook as we head into the playoffs, as they as they head into the playoffs. I'm not going, but uh, as, as they head into the playoffs, uh, does the recent run of play or is the way they're playing now kind of change my perception of what their ceiling might be? That's what we'll do to close out the show. But first, let's talk about the Blazers' game in Utah. Even with all the obvious caveats, and we'll get to them, the Blazers were great. They were great on Wednesday evening. They went into Salt Lake City where the Utah Jazz had been, had only had four losses all year. They were 31 and 4 in that building. Make it 31 and 5 as they went home on Thursday evening. Or, or to quote my man Joe Freeman, as they shuffled out of Vivint Smart Home Arena on Wednesday. That's a classic Oregonian line for you from my days on the beat. But yeah, I, I, Blazers just were really good. But but the caveats were there. Like let let's let's not act like this was the the Jazz are the best team in the NBA this season by record. Um, they're probably the best team in the NBA. They're the best team in the NBA this season by this season by the numbers. Like uh, you know both their wins and losses and sort of how they profile offense and defense. But they were missing guys. Mike Conley didn't play. Donovan Mitchell didn't play. They started George Niang. They played Trent Forrest, a rookie from FSU, pretty good ACC player, shout out to my mans, but, uh, you know, not an M- not an NBA player in his current state. Jazz also missed a kajillion three-pointers. They just missed him. They missed him. They, they got good looks and they missed him. They were 12 of 40 from three. Not, not, it's, it's a make-or-miss league. The Jazz missed shots. Uh, was it the entire difference in the game? No. Was it a big difference in the game? Absolutely. Absolutely. They creep up towards 35%. It's a totally different ball game down the stretch. But all of that doesn't take away from the way the Blazers played, the way they looked, and what they did. What they did was they took care of business. Up double digits with two minutes left. The Jazz pulled the plug. Up up 13. Jazz said, Let, cool, I'm a, we're going to call it. We tried. We couldn't do it. The Blazers put this game away. They gave up 42 points in the second half. And really, they gave up 34 because the Jazz scored 8 points after they pulled everybody in the final couple minutes. 34 points in the second half. I don't care who you're playing. That is that is a really nice defensive game. Uh, some of it was 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 the Jazz missing shots for sure, but some of it was was the Blazers' attentiveness. I thought they played really good transition defense. Uh, the numbers haven't come out, but I'm willing to wager, and I'll check back in on this tomorrow and uh, and 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 let you know on the pod that uh, the Blazers. This is one of their highest box out games of the year. Like they just they were aggressive on the glass of of preventing second shot opportunities. Jazz still got theirs. You know, 15 offensive rebounds and doing what they do. Rudy Gobert had five. Royce O'Neal had four. Helps that they missed a bunch, missed a bunch of threes. There's available long rebounds, but I thought the Blazers were really good battling on the glass. And I thought Yusuf Nurkic played about as good a basketball game as he's capable of playing. He went three of fourteen from the floor, and I thought he was awesome. I really did. I really thought Nurk was great in this game. 
11 points, 15 boards, 6 assists, including a football-style inbounds pass to close the first half from the baseline out of bounds to CJ McCollum over the outstretched hands of Jordan Clarkson. Hits CJ McCollum below the foul line towards the left-hand corner, and CJ hits a, a little midi to put the Blazers up 3 at the break. It was a tone-setting type of play, uh, I thought Nurk battled Rudy Gobert really well. I mean, Rudy Gobert is 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 a absolute load. He's he's like I've said before, he's kind of a whack character, but he's a really really good basketball player. And I thought Nurk played him really well. Four blocks, three steals for Nurk. Just just an absolutely fantastic game. He was three for fourteen from the floor, and I thought he was great. Eleven missed field goals and eleven points, and Nurk was great. I think this was one of the better games Nurk has played this whole season. Just like a complete game, not trying to do too much. Missed a couple fifteen footers when the Jazz dared him to shoot it, but he was so 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 good. And then the Blazers got what they need from their guys. Dame has thirty. CJ has twenty six. Uh, Dame shot fifty percent from the floor. From the floor, CJ was even better. And the Blazers got a really big offensive night from Carmelo Anthony, who finished with 18 points, hit four of five threes. And, and he was a plus nine. The, Jazz, the Blazers outscored the Jazz by nine points in Carmelo's 27 minutes. And the team improved to 14 and five on the season when Carmelo scores at least 18 points. When he's good, they're good. I mean, it's partly because Melo plays a lot and he doesn't offer a lot outside of scoring. Um, check out his box score from today. It's what he does. He scores. When the shots go in, he's really effective. It's undeniable. He comes with his problems, but but when he's good on offense, when the shots go in and they and they did, he was efficient and effective and fearless. A couple step into threes that if they don't go in, you're like, yikes, but they went in. He was really good. And the Blazers did what good teams do. They played a shorthanded team on the road and took care of business. Put them away. This wasn't a blowout. They didn't roll over this team. But they hung in after a slow start, down 16-4 early. Battled back to take the lead and then had a dominant second half. Not like a runaway second half, but just we are the better team type of second half. Got out, you know, stiff-armed the Jazz and held them off from there. This is what good teams do. This is the mark of a good basketball team. And really what it means and what, what the important part is. Like, like this was, um, you know, there's your recap because you deserve a recap for a game this big. But what this really means, and I want to zoom out and talk about it here and then in the second segment, is the Blazers controlled their own destiny coming into this game, right? They win three. of their If they go 3-0 in their final three games, they win all three. They're the fifth seed. It's probably a more favorable matchup depending on how things shake out. Much more likely if, to play the Denver Nuggets if they finish fifth. Put themselves in a way better position. Just a way better position if they finish fifth than, than anything else. But it was going to be tough. And the tough, it started what was going to be tough against a team that even if they've been shorthanded um, and are shorthanded, they've taken care of business at home. They've been, a good, they've been really good on their home floor all year long. And the Blazers went in there and just were the better team. They flexed their muscle. They did a thing they didn't do during early part of the season, which is go play a team they're better than and make sure it doesn't come down to the wire. They played so many games this year where they weren't quite good enough and had to win games with heroics. Or they played a good team and got blown out. They were 0-9 against the top four teams in the West prior to this game. I don't know if this, this isn't that same thing. This wasn't the Jazz at full strength. And when the Jazz have been at full strength, they beat the snot out of the Blazers. One of them was way back on the first night of the season. We can throw that one out. 
But even earlier this year, when the Jazz were at full strength, the Blazers played them really tough for two quarters and then couldn't hang. This isn't that same Jazz team. This doesn't sort of erase that for me. Uh, this, you know, they are indeed now one and nine against the top four teams in the West. It's undeniable. But this says more about where the Blazers are than sort of what Jazz, the Jazz team they played. This wasn't redemption for struggling against the top teams in the West all season long. This was the Blazers played a team that they had more talent then and they showed up and were more talented then. Didn't get great games from Norman Powell. Didn't get great games from Robert Covington on offense. Neither of them had a particularly good offensive game. So both of them were fine, competitive, competitive, solid games. Norman Powell missed a bunch of wide open threes. Rocco just had a quiet night, only took three shots. Both were good. And you win a game when your stars are good. Dame, CJ, Nurk, really good. Melo, really good off the bench. And you just beat a team you're supposed to beat. Beat a good team you're supposed to beat. A solid team you're supposed to beat. You can, you can, you can celebrate that one. The way the schedule works, this was the most important game of the season. But here's the thing. The next game is the most important game of the season, too. Not two. Now it's the most important game of the season. They took care of business. If they go 3-0, these final three games, they're the fifth seed. They're 1-0. What's next? Well, if they win one of the next two, they'll finish no worse than sixth. If they go one on one, they're very uh, Dallas isn't going to lose, so so it, it, they got to win them both to finish fifth. But they put themselves in a position where they need one win in the final two games, and that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. The Blazers took care of business. Where are the Lakers? Where are the Mavericks? Where is everybody else? We'll do a quick look around the league uh, in the second segment, but first. Let's talk about rockauto.com. Y'all know rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com right now to shop for the auto and body parts you need from hundreds of manufacturers. And they've got everything you could possibly want. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You name it, they got it. And whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks and all of it will be delivered directly to your door. Plus, the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. So you'll be able to quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and then you can choose the brands and the specifications and the prices that you prefer. And best of all, it's those prices, because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and while you're there, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right. So we talked about an impressive and, and much-needed Blazers win against the Utah Jazz. Now let's zoom out and talk about what's happening in the rest of the NBA world. Unfortunately, Wesley Matthews is a really good role player. He's just he's just he's just proven his value and he's hurting his former team in the process. On Tuesday evening, he grabbed an errant three-pointer, put it back in for the game tying bucket to send a game to overtime against the New York Knicks, with which the Clippers, excuse me, the Lakers eventually won. Then on Wednesday evening, the final possession, the Lakers clinging to a one-point lead. Wesley Matthews knocked the ball away from Kelly Olynyk. That's right, they put him on Kelly Olynyk, the best player on the Rockets and a seven-foot-tall gentleman. Wesley Matthews tipped the ball away. The Rockets fouled in the ensuing scramble, and the Lakers won. They went on to win it. 
Wesley, how are you going to be a Blazers legend when you keep ruining the Blazers' plans this week? If the Lakers had lost, the Blazers would have been guaranteed a uh, th- no worse than the sixth seed in the Western Conference, and that's huge. That's out of the play-in round. We've talked about this a bunch, but I'll just say it again here. Play-in round, it may be m- more favorable because you'd rather play the Suns than the Clippers, but you, there's just too many var- variables. You're not um, you're very likely to play the Warriors in the opening opening game. That's going to be tough. If you if you lose that, then you're in uh, like a winner take all against the Grizzlies. The Blazers have showed that they're they're kind of you know as good as the Grizzlies. They're kind of right in that range. They've probably been playing better than them now, but you don't want to chance that. So. You just, the playing round, too many variables, too too dicey. You just obviously you want to stay out of there. So um, the Blazers were in, you know, they're in, they're currently in fifth place right now, but uh, they it's it's tenuous, like I said in yesterday's show. And if the Lakers had lost, it wouldn't, you know, it just be Blazers would be jockeying for fifth or sixth. And the Lakers getting this win was important because Anthony Davis didn't play and LeBron James didn't play. It was reported that LeBron was going to try to come back against the Knicks and then he chose not to. And then it was reported that instead he'll come back on Wednesday against the Rockets. They played it back to back. And uh, he didn't come back either. He tweeted out, you know, I'm not I'm not ready, but I'll be there. It was banner night. They hung the banner for the, uh, the for the championship banner. They celebrated with fans in the arena and then Taylor Horton Tucker and Kyle Kuzma rescued them from uh, what would have been a loss to a pretty bad Rockets team. You know, even shorthanded Lakers had more talent than that Rockets team. But it sets up a situation where if the Lakers continue to win out and the Blazers slip up, they can pass them. If the Blazers go, all I got to do is win one. One of these next two and they're six. But if if they do drop both of them at Phoenix and then Sunday against the the Denver Nuggets, those are the Blazers' final two games, both definitely losable games. Like, those are good teams, tough teams. The Suns have 48 wins, the second-best team in the NBA uh, record-wise right now. And uh, second night of a back-to-back, like, that's going to be a brutal game tomorrow. And then Sunday against the Nuggets, um, very likely the Nuggets will still have um, some seeding decisions to make. Uh, They won't, you know... Maybe they would need to win and get some help, but win and get some help on the table means they might still try to win, of course. So uh, both of those teams very likely to have something to play for. If the Lakers had lost, resting their guys against a bad team, the Blazers would have been in much better position. But now they're not. They still control their own destiny. They still are in the right. They're still, you know, they're still where you want to be. Uh, you know, they they got games left on the schedule, and if they win them both, they, they'll, they'll be... Um, They'll be fifth, but it's the the problem is that the the uh, the Mavericks who they're chasing play the Raptors who don't have anything left to play for. Uh, Pascal Siakam's likely out for the rest of the year. Uh, it's you know they're probably going to be resting some other guys or just holding other guys out for for injury purposes. Uh, and then the Mavs close against uh, the Timberwolves. The uh, the Lakers place. The, at the Pacers, that's that is probably the game that you can you can hope the most that the Lakers lose. Uh, very likely to have LeBron back in that one, and then against the Pelicans, who are just um, they're done. They've quit. They're not playing Zion. They're not playing Brandon Ingram. Uh, that it is over in New Orleans. They got no nothing left planned. So uh, you know you the Lakers are very likely to win on Sunday. But there's teams ahead of the Blazers that still have, you know, there's still there's still sort of things to be solved. Uh, the Nuggets have a soft schedule. They uh, they won in Charlotte yesterday, and then then they play at Minnesota and then at Detroit. Uh, at Minnesota is no n- not guaranteed by any means. Uh, that's that's on Thursday evening at Minnesota. But um, the Nuggets are better than that team. That's that's a winnable game, and the Pistons are really bad. Uh, 
so the Nuggets are, you know, conceivably there they could win out. Uh, the Clippers, who they're chasing, play Charlotte, Houston, and and Oklahoma City. That's really a lot of teams in the West get some really easy games, other than the Blazers. Um, and I guess the teams the Blazers play to some extent. So I, I, it's just it's no one. Uh, you know, I don't think the Nuggets are very likely to climb out of fourth and, cl- and catch the Clippers in third. Uh, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are likely to lose. I think the Lakers have kind of a toss-up against the Pacers, although I would, I would, for my money, if LeBron and AD are back, even if they're kind of hobbled, I'm, I'm going to pick that team over the Indiana Pacers and um, sort of what they are in their current uh, situation of turmoil. The teams around the Blazers are just are just going to keep on winning. Like, I think I think the West is locked up. I think it's going to be Jazz, like in order of seeding, Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, Denver, question marks five through six, and the Warriors are going to finish eighth. Like, I think... Um, but I think that I think Dallas is going to finish with 43 wins. And so if the Blazers want to uh, want to join them up there, they've got to win their last two games and, and to finish fifth. If the Blazers split them, uh, like I said, then then they're already six because the most the Blazers or the Lakers can possibly win is 42 games. And, and if the Blazers win one of their final two, they will end up with 42. So that's where things stand. Like I, I think, I think the variable is that, like, why we've been talking about it on all these shows recently is the variables are in five through seven, and I think, I, I really think the Lakers and the Mavericks are very likely to win both of their final remaining games. So it's up to the Blazers. Can they find a way to win one or both of these? Uh, at at Phoenix is going to be a handful. The, the, the Suns are coming off of a pretty. Uh, bad loss to the Warriors. Um, they've lost two straight now after losing to the Lakers earlier this week. So you know they're going to be they're going to be they're still chasing the Jazz. Like it's unlikely they catch the Jazz, but they ha- they still have reason to play the Jazz. The Jazz ha- also have a comically easy end of the end of the year with the Thunder and the Kings as as their only two remaining games. But if the Suns have any chance, it starts with beating uh you know beating the Blazers on Thursday evening. So that's where things stand. Blazers win one, they're sixth. They win two, they're fifth. Simple as that. The path is clear, and the Blazers are playing really well. And that's what I want to talk about in the third segment, is uh, a listener asked me on uh, Twitter tonight whether my sort of opinion of the Blazers' ceiling has changed. And I want to close the show talking about sort of where I view the Blazers' ceiling now that they've won nine of ten and five in a row, and they just look like a different basketball team. So that's what we'll do to wrap up the show. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And whatever the action is, they got it. Baseball, basketball, hockey, fighting sports, horse racing, uh, reality television shows, uh, awards for things like the Grammys or uh, the Emmys or anything else you could possibly imagine. It's there. All of that's going to be covered by real-time odds and and props on on really anything you could possibly imagine. It's there. So go check it out. Don't, don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on this action. Head on over to their website, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. 
talked about Blazers' big win against the Jazz. We talked about what's happening with the rest of the West. Blazers got to keep winning. All those other teams are probably going to keep winning. The Blazers just got to keep winning. They got to find a way to win one of these next two games. Avoid the play-in. Get where you want to go. Where you want to go is probably fifth, because fifth is probably the Denver Nuggets. But if they finish six, if they split these last two games, very realistic they split these last two games. It wouldn't even be, you know, losing in Phoenix on the second night of a back-to-back against a team that's as good as the as the Suns is not like a bad loss. I mean, there, it could be, right? Like, every loss is a different flavor, but like, on its surface, it's that's not a bad loss. Uh, Phoenix is pretty much fully healthy. They're going to play their guys. Um, it appears, uh, unless something very strange happens and they decide that they're okay with two, but I, they they aren't. Like, they just, they aren't. Uh, according to uh, the host of Locked on Suns, Brandon Clean, it's just, it's not what the Suns are going to do. They're not going to tank for playoff positioning. They're going to gun for the, uh, they're, go- they're going to gun for that top spot, even if it's unlikely. So Thursday is going to be a game against a really good team at full strength. So if the Blazers... You know, realistically, if they split these games, you know, figure out a way to beat Phoenix and lose to Denver or lose to Phoenix to beat Denver, however you want to slice it. They're very likely to end up playing the Los Angeles Clippers in the opening round of the playoffs. Could be the Clippers, could be the Nuggets. And obviously, if if you listen to the show, you know that I think the Nuggets is a way preferable matchup. But I think realistically, you know, if you you just had to sort of pencil it out, much more likely that that they play uh, the Clippers. But one... Much more likely is just sort of like uh, second night of a back-to-back on the road. Uh, you don't, you know, you have like a 40% chance to win that game or something like that just uh, based on home court advantage and rest and all those things. But the Blazers are playing really, really well. Their best basketball of the season. They won, they've won. they won 9 of 10. They've won 5 in a row. They just look like a better basketball team. They've been taking care of business. Sure, they've, they've played some teams that aren't at full strength. But you know what they've done against teams that aren't at full strength? They have not had games that come down to a coin flip. You know, they've they haven't been blowouts or whatever. They haven't rolled over teams. And sure, the uh, Lakers game, Kyle Kuzma hits a three pointer that that ties the game up. It, it really might come down to a coin flip. And perhaps that Kuzma shot with you know two and a half minutes left is is your coin flip right there. It's a make or miss league indeed. But the Blazers have been just sort of they've just been better. It's undeniable. You can just see it. They're playing better basketball. You know. Uh, I don't think like I'm not really pointing to like rolling over the Cavs and the Rockets as proof of better basketball. And they didn't. They were pretty sleepy in that game against the Rockets. They kind of um, knew how bad that Rockets team was and just uh, put in put in the level of effort that it required to win the game. But if you if you just you know it when you see it and this team is playing better. Uh, they look better. They look sharper. Um, you know, they're not an elite defensive team, but a m- many, many, many of their numbers suggest that they've they've been a much better defensive team recently. And even when they have their starting lineup on the floor of Robert Covington and uh, Yusuf Nurkic at all, that group is really good. Like that, that group is like even just like a straight up good defensive team. Maybe even one of the better defensive teams, right? So all of that prompted oscillating fan at Malnati on Twitter to say, hey, if you're going to record a pod tonight, I want to know what's the ceiling of this team now. So I want to talk about that. 
because all of those things, right? Like they're, it's obvious they're playing better. Like I've said, like you could just, you can see it. They've been, they've, they've done it against maybe beat up teams in the West, but they've done it right. Like they've just, that you've, you've seen them flex their muscle and play smarter and play harder and play better. Dame is finally getting back up to the level that he's capable of on a consistent basis, pouring in 30 points a night. Like you can just, you can book it. He's playing that well. That's a real, that's a real jinx. And I apologize for it, but he's been fantastic. Um, Nurk is playing the best basketball of his career. Um, you know CJ's filling in and they're getting they're getting nights when they need it from Norman Rocco and 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 the bench etc etc like and Terry Stotts has tightened up the rotation he's playing eight guys he's playing the eight guys he trusts and that eight that that's a playoff type rotation and those eight guys are playing really well so where has my opinion changed on their ceiling like has has it drastically changed? No, it hasn't. Um, I think this team will likely not be favored by me uh, in a playoff series, but at this point, I will no longer be surprised if they win one. A couple weeks ago, I would have been shocked if they won a game. N- not a game, a series. A couple games, no problem, right? Like losing six. But now, if they go, if they're the road team, you know, they're going to be a low seed. They don't have no way to get home court advantage. But if they're, a low, you know, if they're a low seed, either five or six, and even six against the Clippers, I wouldn't write them off. I'll pick the Clippers to win, sure. But, like, the way they're playing now is that they belong among among this group. Like, I've, I've thought about it all year and, and if you're regulars in this podcast, you've heard me do tears before. And while I think like the Clippers, the Suns, and the Jazz, like those top three are like a, a, a tier above, the Blazers belong in that Mavericks, Nuggets, Lakers tier right now. Who knows what to do with the Lakers? But like they're in that group. If they play the Nuggets, that's almost a coin flip. And so if I thought their ceiling at the, at the highest highs at the beginning of the season was, you know, make the Western Conference Finals. I think I'm back there again. Um, I think I obviously waned from that uh, from that level throughout the year um, when they were a horrific defensive team, and then when they got everyone back and they still didn't, you know, they were just kind of their effort was was you know inconsistent. Like we don't, we're not seeing that now. We're not seeing the times where it's just like, did they not play for eight minutes? Like did they just take it full eight minutes off? Like they're they're locked in, they're playing well, and they're sharp, and. For me, that's kind of, that's been a big difference. Like just, just the sort of attention to detail stuff. Like they're, they're, they're kind of doing what they do every year, which is play their best basketball right at the end of the regular season. And while I don't think there isn't any, there's no momentum to be carried over from the regular season to the playoffs, see the 2018, uh, uh, series against the Pelicans in case you are wondering about how exactly that works, but you know, it's a matchup based sport, so that's why I'm worried about the the Clippers series. But right now, um, I depending on matchups and health and all those things, I I think the Blazers would have a puncher's chance against any series except against the fully healthy Lakers. And quite frankly, I don't think we're going to see the fully healthy Lakers. A fully healthy Jazz team is really scary and really good. Like, I wouldn't pick the Blazers to win that either. I wouldn't probably pick the Blazers to win against the Suns, although I don't think that's a terrible seven-game series matchup for them. Wouldn't pick them against the Clippers, but I think they could win. Now, I think it would be a pretty big upset, pretty notable upset. Certainly, it would make a lot of headlines. People would be pretty mean to Paul George about it, uh, which would be certainly enjoyable for one portion of of this particular fan base. But... um, I think 
I think I'm back to where I was at the beginning of the year where I said like if if really if things break every 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 like positive way for the Blazers and if they're playing really well this could be a team that makes the Western Conference Finals and I and I, I think I'm back there. That's their absolute ceiling. Like like I said, like I'm as a realist or pessimist whatever you want to call it, I think that they're unlikely to win a playoff series just because it's tough and because of what the matchup is likely to be against the um so we'll call him the other tenant of the Staples Center. I think it'll be tough. Like, I don't think they'll win a playoff series against that team. But if it's Denver, let's talk about it. Even as good as Nikola Jokic is and as as as, as sort of effective as Michael Porter Jr. has become this year as a budding star, let's talk about it. Like, that, that's a winnable series. So I'm back. I'm back to saying that this team's ceiling at this level the attention to detail on defense, the competent lineup they can put out on the court with that five-man starting group that just is a really, really good lineup that makes sense. Um, it's it's not going to match up against every single team in the league, but it's it, it just that group makes sense and can, de- and can defend at a good enough level and can really, really score in a bunch of ways. And with Nurk playing at the level he's at and Dame playing the level he's at and CJ looking like CJ, like all of these things. I'm back to thinking that if... With some good luck and some hot shooting, this is a team that can make the Western Conference Finals. The ceiling has changed for me dramatically, dramatically over the past month where I thought this team, you know, was not not capable of winning, uh, you know, not capable of getting to a seventh game in the first round. That's how far I've moved recently, uh, just to give you some some a sense of it. This team's really good right now. Um, really good doesn't always matter in the playoffs because all of the other teams are really good too, but this team's really good. That's why I've been in, in trying to encourage you to hold on to this joy because the playoffs are occasionally a sobering reality, but like th- this team is good. You've, you see it. You saw it on Wednesday night in Salt Lake City. This team is good. They're, they're just a good basketball team. But guess what? <laughs> they got to do it again tomorrow. Thursday night, they play the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I will have a show after that. I'm also going to do a locked, uh, lo- locked on, a locker room after that. So join me on the locker room app. Uh, we'll just do like a quick post-game chat. Follow me on there at Mike G. Rich. Uh, when I go live, you'll get a little notification on your phone. You join in. It's it's live radio. Um, you, can, you can either join in. There's a little chat function, or you can even request to come on stage, and we can have a little back and forth. We can chat about the team. So join me there on locker room. Uh, will and then I'll have a show for you after that one that will uh, that will be in your feeds following the game against the Suns. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll, we will know even more each night we know more and each night I get to see Wesley Matthews play, break the Blazers hearts. Uh luckily the Lakers don't play tomorrow so we won't have to see Wesley do it again. That's it for today's show. Tell your friends about this podcast. Also tell them about Locked On Today. It's a show right here on the network that gives you all the news you need in under 20 minutes about the major stories in each of the major sports leagues, hosted by Peter Bukowski and uh, joined by the experts from the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find that on the Odyssey app or wherever you already get podcasts. You can also find this, this very podcast, all those same places. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.